Good morning, all, and welcome to the latest edition of the Estate Agents podcast on a Sunday morning, which will be out or later today because we've got the tech sorted out now. Because Stephen Brown demonstrated to Andy Overman how to do it and get it out. Come on, admit it. Admit it. The first time I've ever needed to be shown how to get it out. But thank you very much, Stephen. I do admit it. <laughs> thank you for that. Just give up now, Andy. If you've had to sink the blow, just give up now. <laughs> so, morning, Andy. Morning. Morning. Morning, Luke. How are you both? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Good morning, Kevin Ellis from Spain. Good morning, um, David Mintz from Manchester. Morning, Jim from Scotland. See what a uh, audience all around the UK. Did you get Lisa Novak? Is she on today? No, no Lisa Novak's a week today. Is it a week today? I think Lisa's a week today. Ah, fair Sorry. enough. Good morning, Jeremy from Billericay. Bonjour. We've got Christopher Watkins from France. He likes <laughs> comment, he? He, on Facebook with Mr. Watkins. He likes what a good controversial mean? post. <laughs> in fact, should we talk, should we start? Should we start with that? Because yeah, actually that's no, that's a really interesting comment. Oh, uh, when the Spurs let Neil Giller, uh, we're not allowed to get carried away. Okay. If we're top at the end of a season, that's fine. So there's another thing I want to discuss about football and that. But let, let's let's discuss this. So Chris Watkin. Should we bring him on? Shall we send him yeah. a little invite? Yeah. Chris Chris Watkin put um, an uh, article on his own Facebook page. Was it? Yeah, he put it in the he put it in the landlord farming group, and yeah. then uh, and then I think he put it on his normal public profile um so and it went and it went bananas people absolutely criticizing uh you've just been sent a link saying it's far too wordy um there's spelling mistakes in it um we know it was we know it was a a draft okay but what was really interesting was the so much to be kind and for collaboration and give some proper and <laughs> and some proper and some proper morning vicky Chris Watkin, what's that? Only 20,000 days since Spurs won the league. Morning, Tim. Now, that's the kind of stat I like to see in one of Chris Watkins' leaflets. <laughs> um, I'm sure you will. So, loads of... I don't think... I wouldn't even call it constructive feedback. I would just call it, um, let's just go in for the kill and kick somebody yeah. rather than say, actually, have you thought about here's what you can do better and stuff yeah. like that. Chris. Hi, guys. You got one second to take that post down, otherwise you are off here. Okay. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. That's it. Right, Christopher Watkins, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Morning, so guys. you like to um get some clickbait and get some and get some conversation going. And that's post um about Luke's um landlord letter. Um, certainly caused that. In fact, I've never seen so many clickbait and keyboard warriors and so many nice um, not comments about something. Um, so I just want to ask Luke a question, actually. Mm. Out of interest, in the time that you've been doing it, how many instructions do you think you've got as a result of it? Um, so we, we send that newsletter to everyone that is on the market and has withdrawn their property for sale and um, that wasn't successful in selling with their with their agent of choice. Um, so about 600 go out each month. Um, and generally, we get between four to six instructions that we can track back to those properties that are either on the market or have withdrawn. Generally, they're ones that then do change agent. Um, so, but between four and between four and six is. I'm what not we happy. Get. It's not, I'm not happy with four and six, Luke. I, I want to know the exact number drilled in from Buddy as at the timestamp <laughs> of nine twelve a.m. this morning. So it's it is something that isn't isn't there to be done in isolation. Uh, not not one thing is is like we said, silver <coughs> bullet or golden bullet or magic bullet, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it's a com it's a combination of things, and and I think Chris kind of made a reference in the post where 
if you live in uh, Thetford, learning about the Leicester property market is probably the most boringest thing behind paint drying. But if you live in Leicester and you're trying to sell your house, or if you're a landlord that is self-managing and someone gives you 10 top tips or 10 documents that you need to keep as, as a landlord, that is that is relevant. Uh, and it is more about the relevancy. And someone did actually put in the post about how relevant it is to your audience. Well, it was relevant or it is relevant to our audience. And we get roughly, without promoting it too much, we get about 12,000, sorry, 1,200 people look at it on the website. So we have like it as a magazine format on the website. So about 1,200 people look at it on the website as well. I don't think they're too bad figures to communicate to a core audience in Leicester that's looking to move home. Chris, what do you think? You started it. You started this clickbait. You started this war. Um, the magic thing is, is that if you believe in the concept of content marketing, which is creating relevant, interesting, intriguing, educational, entertaining content for your customer base, and that that will attract people to you because you're talking about stuff that's interesting and relevant to them, then in its purest form, that is what that what that is what that newsletter is. People were saying it's very wordy and things like that. Well, those same people go and buy the newspaper. Some some people said, well, but you go and choose to buy a newspaper. This would be put through your letterbox. If 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 Luke decided to mass drop that to ten thousand people, that would be very wasteful. I think on on um, um, on um, for his money. But, but but at the end of the day, he has sectioned off people who are hot to trot, you know, who who, who are landlords or people that could swap. And I, I again, I'm going to say that, but the content the content is, is relevant and interesting to people in, in Leicester. And, and I think it looked brilliant. Um, is it wordy? Yes, it is. But so are newspapers and so are books. You know, my missus reads the um, those, huge, those huge books about the, the Vikings coming over you know hundreds and hundreds of pages long would i read it no but i like to read books on world war ii would she read that no it's because what we've it's the magic thing is this and as luke said at the, at the start it's is it interesting to the reader and if that was on i'm not interested in leicester i'm only interested in grantham but but he's sending it to people in leicester and if you think Leicester homeowners are interested and Leicester landlords are interested in the Leicester property market, then surely by talking about that, it is going to be interesting. We can all pick over how it looks and is it too wordy and could you could you spread it out a bit more? We're talking you know, pedantics here. Chris, I would love you to ask a question, a follow-up question. Go for it. Okay. What what do they do that works for them? Okay, so let's collaborate. Let's collaborate rather than slag off. Okay, because for me it was so there was too much criticism there. You know, we're in a, we're we're now in an era where everybody collaborates and is talking and is helping about each and is helping each other. And for me, it was like this is wrong with it. That's wrong with it. This is wrong with it. We'll come up with solutions. Help Luke. Give him some ideas that will make it better. What are you all doing? Can I just make a polite request that you don't do that until after 7pm tonight because I'd like to watch the Arsenal game without my phone going ping, 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 ping. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump in here and actually say to, to both Chris and Luke, because I know um, that you, you, you work with each other on that. Um, I've just R&D'd it. Um, so, Luke, I thought the content was great. We've dropped in some data loft infographics. We've dropped in a couple of community hero pieces and some statistical and evidential stuff about the local market. Mine's going out to everybody that's currently on the market or sold subject to contract, everybody that's withdrawn in the last 52 weeks. And then we've selected our prime residential area and we've just spent just shy of a thousand pounds on it. But it's hyper targeted and it's the audience that we want. Um, and uh, yeah, I for one, I'm with you, brother. I thought it was excellent. Luke, yeah. we've got a question here from Jim. Yeah. How do you know the 600 and how do you send it out? Is it by post, by hand? Okay, so the 600 is, so we use Spectra. So Spectra obviously keeps a track of everything that's on the market in your postcode areas that you select. 
but also uh, those that have withdrawn. And the clever thing with Spectre is that they then track it to see if those properties that were drawn did eventually appear on land registry. If they did, then it doesn't appear as, a, as an item in the list. We then upload our valuation database into Spectre so that we can then cross match the properties with the address, with the names, so that we're not sending dear homeowner if we know the person, because how shit is that? If you already know the person, but you're not sending it out to dear Mr. Watkins, um, instead of dear homeowner. So, and then we use something called stamp, S-T-A-N-N-P uh, dot com, and they print and post and facilitate it for us, which is about 80p, I think it is off the top of my head. And that's eight pages, double, uh, sorry, that's the eight pages, so four pages, double-sided, um, printed, posted, good quality paper. You All you've got to do is upload your spreadsheet and your file. You haven't even got stuff out envelopes. And I, dare say you probably won't be able to get it cheaper and posted, printed and posted cheaper than that. Luke, just on that, does it go out in an A4 envelope, large letter, or do they fold it in half into C5? Uh, A4. You pay slightly more for the A4, I think. Yeah, but that's amazingly. So I was getting quotes in at about £1.20. Yeah. It's, it's, a good, it's a good service. Um, and they even do like... Andy, a can you just put that in the comments, please, for people? There you go. Neil Giller knows the owner. So yeah. it's now gone down from 80p to 70p. Yeah. Inter so. um, Stephen, this is, I am guilty of, of doing clickbait posts. No. No. Really? Yeah, no. Um, especially, especially when I talk about right move pie charts. Okay. But the funny, the funny thing is, is that this was not designed to be a clickbait post. <laughs> I do set out to do clickbait stuff, but I genuinely didn't do the <coughs> clickbait. I just wanted to, I was just, you know, I'll be straight with you. Um, Luke's been with me now for five and a half years as a client. I'm very, I'm very proud of the, what I, what, what we do together. And I'm very proud of, of that newsletter. That half of that content is Jerry Lyons content and half of it is the stuff that we produced. And then he's got this most wonderful, um, um, graphics guy that puts it all together and and i must admit i took the, the motivation of chucking it out was not is this the best it was i'm quite proud of this because i i had a, a you know because you never see, have you noticed you never see me sell my services in fact most people don't even actually know how i earn my money but i i have a business to run and i decided that every once in a while i'll do something subtle and that was what that post was a kind of mini advert but i even i was surprised the way it blew up but like, but the magic thing is, Stephen, is this: is you can teach all the people all the things, but it's up to them if they're prepared to listen or not. And if if agents just want to carry on with the same old crap, which is, "Hi, look at us! Look at the size of our willies! We are a brilliant agent." Where their ego gets in the way of, of, of everything, and they're shouting and they're waving their willies, then that, no wonder that our industry is 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 so badly thought of. We need to be the the the, the people who serve our community it feels like i think that we but estate agents think the estate agency industry is there to serve them when in reality we are here to serve vendors and landlords and tenants and, and and buyers and i think if we can go with that attitude of trying to serve not trying to win and get everything then then we will be seen as as more professionals anyway i'll get off my soapbox now <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's see what they respond with, what their solution yeah. would be. What are they doing that works well for them? And, and just very quickly on the stamp, you can, it has a Zapier integration, so you can automate an awful lot with stamp so that you're not having to do um, a lot of these man manual tasks. So if you've got spreadsheets or set up in Google Sheets or Excel and you're adding new lines to send out to a customer, then it can automate sending that information out. Um, for you so to try and fine-tune that and just just um i'm not saying that that newsletter and you know the farming technique which is creating great content and attracting people to you is is the be all and end on it isn't the only solution but it's a good solution to attract you know ultimately our job as a state and letting agents is to attract vendors and landlords to our agency to, for them to trust us with their house to sell or let it really is as simple as that Thank God we've got stuff like Rightmove where we've, that's created a level playing field so everyone can just put their properties on the market. I, I find it amazing that estate agents think just because they've got a Rightmove account believes that they, they have a, a right to get listings. 
Right Move is there to sell houses and let houses. Right Move is not designed to get you more listings. You have to go out there and actually stand out from the crowd, be different, and and be not different for different sake, but different that you know. As Gary Vee says, the job of people's you've got to get people's attention on you to get them to listen to you. Because if they if they're not listening to you, how can you persuade them with your marketing to use you? And the way you do that is instead of trying to be get people to be interested in you, you become interested in them and what they're interested in. Because something really weird happens with humans. If you are interested in what they're interested in, they become interested in you. And that's why it's so important that you can put right move graphs and how big you are. But what you people do it the other way around, the wrong way around. The the, the art is to talk about what they're interested for what what they're interested in and then when they when they're listening to you because you're you found them interesting that's when you can start using the right move graphs that's why john paul and and michelle gallagher you know they've earned the right to talk about how big their willies are pardon the pun uh, and use pardon the analogy because they've given great value my issue with people with right move graphs is, is they say right let's just whack it out you haven't earned the right, and it just goes on. Anyway, bath my sips, get back off my soapbox. Do apologise. Well, you heard it here first. Wokinator is whacking it out on a Sunday morning whilst talking about Michelle, Michelle Gallagher's penis. Um, <laughs> no. Well, we've really uh, raised the standards this week, guys. Now, do you know, I agree with everything you've said, Chris, apart from Rightmove does not sell houses, quality estate agents don't do. Rightmove is simply a platform with which to advertise your property on. Quality, quality estate agents sell okay. houses. Uh, okay. Rightmove right displays listings. Yeah, okay. There goes. I, I can't yeah. disagree with that. <laughs> but you're yeah. right. It's a common mistake. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, sir. Great, I'll great. Leave you in peace. Love you all. I'll get great back. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining. So here's a question for you both. Okay. Um, when was the last time? And we get let's get the get some proper conversation in the comments. Hey, I can't. I can't. I can't display most of what Wayne. No, we've been we've been we've been hijacked. Right. Yeah. So question for you. When was the last time? And again, if we can get everybody to write comments, when was the last time you've gone to your last five, 10 instructions and asked them, why did you instruct us? Okay, and likewise, when have you gone to the last five or 10 properties that you actually lost and find out why to try and get that competitive edge? I really liked Ian White's comments on that earlier. Um, and I know that he was having a discussion with, um, Tom McGee. Um, Stephen, there's a fair bit of comment uh, going on um, to say that you look a little bit like James Bond or you could possibly be about to deliver milk tray. Um, I think Kevin, is Kevin in Spain at the moment? Did you say? No, he just said hola. Hola, okay. Um, well, Kevin, uh, Kevin's watching uh, this morning whilst eating his shreddies and um, he's, he's trying to crack me up by sending me pictures of, uh, of you as the, as the milk tray man. <laughs> um, I think yeah, yeah it was really good. right outside. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sean, we asked that question on our marketing agreement. Do you physically give them a call and ask why? Are you getting that competitive edge to understand why they're using you? Okay, and then using that in your marketing when you go into pitch to people. Jim, really interesting question. As a follow up to what you've just put, I ask them every time I sign up my seller. Do you ask the same of the people that you don't sign up, Jim? And if so, how do you go about it? Luke? Uh, so, um, so at the minute, no, on sign up. Um, but as we spoke, I think in the week, um, we're in the process of putting something together so that we will be asking, because it was something taken from Josh Vegan's blueprint, is that we're sometimes we're too obsessed with asking people that we lose as to why they didn't sign up with us, but maybe find out all the reasons why someone did sign up. Because if there's then a common theme, then perhaps your marketing message needs to relay that. So if it's uh, communication, let's say, for example, um, I like the way that you've got all the different ways of communicating with us, whether or not it's WhatsApp, text message, messenger, whatever it is. And that's 
maybe 10 out of the last 12 instructions, then perhaps that is that what's something that's top of mind with a lot of clients at the minute. So, um, so we're putting that in place for people that do come to the market. Um, every valuation does get a small questionnaire, five question uh, uh, text message survey, which generally we get about 75% fill it in, which gives us the information. And the interesting thing on that for us was fee, and a lot of people were saying um, that we needed to reduce our fees. Um, we don't. We need to become better at demonstrating why we're going to put more money in, in their back pocket than, than someone else. Because if fees come up and they're asking us to reduce it, in my opinion, we've just not done that good enough job in demonstrating it. So, again, that's kind of helped that. And we're getting less and less of those kind of comments come. Whereas they were maybe two in three comments coming through. They're probably now one in five, one in six comments coming through. So, again, it's helped us address that. And that's just a uh, type form survey that goes back. It takes someone, you can see how long it takes them. It takes them about 30 seconds to fill it in. That You've got to make it easy for them rather than a big, long-winded survey to fill in as well. But how great that you've actually, you know, you've, you've got that feedback loop in place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, again, we send it by text. We don't send it by email because we know um, that by email open rates, roughly 20, 25 percent, at least text message open rates are a lot, lot higher. We send it generally first thing in the morning, about half, seven, eight o'clock. Um, and they come back throughout the course of the day. We publish them. So we make them fully public in our Slack channel. Uh, and tagging everyone in, including the valuer. So again, if there's great comments, we can share the praise. If there's not so great comments, then we use it to to kind of build upon. Simon's go. obviously um, mixed up his eggs and uh, Tabasco sauce and sobered up because he's coming with a, a sensible comment. Proceduralizing, if that's a word, your feedback mechanism is vital, but just as important as looking at those that you didn't win are the ones that you did. Understanding your fans is 1.01. Thank you, Whaley. Nice to have a sober Whaley on on, on board, um, preparing for the um, after party to the main event <laughs> at 10 o'clock. Wise words on proving the fees. Um, best response in marketing at the moment is texting and actually picking up the phone. Old school, but worth every second. That's your best marketing tool. Nelly, always has been, always will be. Uh, what's Whaley got to say now? Can I throw in WhatsApp? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. WhatsApp. I know you're a big fan. Jim's come back with, I call email or text instructions I didn't get, not often, laugh out loud, and, and ask them what I could improve upon next time to win the business for the future. Great, great for the honesty there, Jim. And is there a system or a process that you could put into place to make that part of your routine as opposed to do something that, that you that you do ad hoc? Because it's great, as, as we've just said, it's great to know um, that you're winning the business and why you're winning the business. Could it be even more helpful for you to capture more market share or understand why um you didn't capture the market share and and actually whether you wanted to because don't forget negative feedback sometimes can be um well you know i didn't want to use you because your fees were too high or i didn't want to use you because of this i didn't want to use you and, and actually when you look at that negative feedback or the reasons that you didn't get the instructions sometimes when you take a long hard look at it luke i dare say you probably wouldn't want those instructions and and that that needs to be born into the equation as well doesn't it yeah you can't be the agent to everyone um there's going to be some clients that you don't match with um and there's some clients that you do match with and you kick yourself for not for not winning but you've got to look at why you didn't do a good enough job in convincing them that you are the agents of choice i just tried to flick christopher watkins comment on there and whaley's bumped it up so uh, apologies there jim is an exceptional agent in the same league as andy and luke thank you i tip my hat um Yes, Jim, I watch your videos uh, with great interest. In fact, they're, they're always on my storyline um, religiously. I think that I don't I don't think there's anybody putting out as much content as you at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. So, Stephen, a quick question, really practical. How often do you wash your location location? <laughs> David Mintz, fuck off. <laughs> um, it generally uh, twice a week. David, if I've worn it twice, and if I've worn it once, generally once. This one's fresh on this morning. Um, he's only asking because he's a big fan of um, I'm a celebrity, and some of them have said they don't wash their undies. They haven't washed their undies since they've been in there. That's why. So he's very concerned about you. Well, to be fair, 
I am wearing yesterday's undies because I've got up this morning and have not yet showered. So I didn't want to put fresh undies on um, an un unshowered body this morning. So uh, hopefully we've now got through my toilet habits, my uh, my dress sense and my washing uh, procedures, and we can get back and refocus. Luke, how's your week been? Yeah, good, good. So we launched our Rainbow Santa this week. Um, so that was launched on Monday. So that's Virtual Grotto doing videos or Zoom calls with the children. Um, all the 100% of the money goes to Rainbows. Um, so that launched, the website went live. We start doing our first videos when Santa comes along next week. Grotto is all set up, all made. Um, so uh, so that's so that's uh, that's all looking good. So we've already got some bookings in the in the diary ready for ready for filming. Uh, I think Santa's doing some lives next some next Saturday, so it should be good. Brilliant, excellent, fantastic, excellent. And, good, and good take up then so far already. <clears throat> yeah, really, uh, re really, really good. So we, we're going to do a couple of bits with that because the elves have been in to do the grotto. So they've hidden some things in the grotto. So we're going to do a bit of a game with the children so that they can look at the photo and it's kind of like spot the naughty elf that's been eating chocolate. Um, and then also find Santa's hats that have been dotted around the grotto so they can see that. Um, we've also got the Santa letters um which again uh, we've done for and i know a lot of agents watching today have done the santa letters so um that's where santa writes back just to confirm if they're on the naughty or naughty or nice list um and we've been busy sorting out alternatives to christmas parties and christmas gifts um over the past couple of weeks and the big time is next next sunday for us to sort that out as well that's nice. So out of interest, what is everybody doing with their colleagues, with their teams over Christmas? What have you thought? Are you opening over Christmas, closing over Christmas? Solicitors, <laughs> solicitors speaking to some solicitors this week. They're closing. Um, some of them are closing. Or I was told December the 18th by one solicitor will be the last time they exchange. Um, some solicitors have told me they're going to be closing for two weeks. Heard one solicitor that um, is not going to be reopening until January the 6th. So again, um, you need to really be getting everything sorted out, paperwork now, as quickly as you possibly can, because um, we're going to be two weeks is gone. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, most of um, most of the conveyances that I'm speaking to at the moment are saying that their last day for exchange completion is the 18th. They're opening Monday the 21st, just in case there are any catastrophes or banking mix-ups or um, the like that may happen on that day. And then, and then, as you say, closed all the way through till the 4th of January. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting Christmas. Yeah, well, the reason, reason why they're closed. And what are... What's everybody on here doing? We're all closing as well. What are you doing? Open, closed, giving people time off. Yeah. Um, yeah so for us, we uh, we finish on twenty third, um, and we come back on. Uh, Abby will be back on the second of January, Saturday the second. I'll be back on the fourth when the when the children go back. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same for us. Um, and we don't take it out of, and I know a lot of people over Christmas, sometimes you have to reserve days back. So they get that as an extra bonus on top of that annual leave each each year. So we don't take that off their normal uh, 25 plus bank holiday days. Very generous. Very generous. Neil Giller, Neil Giller, thank you for your time and attention, my friend. Have a fantastic day. Up the Spurs, well done, top of the league. Let's see how long it lasts. <clears throat> uh, Jim Parker, typically open with skeleton staff for two days over Christmas to catch up. Personally, I'm open all hours. Yeah, to be fair, Jim, so my office um, my office comms will be switched to uh, to office closed um, and uh, everything it will reroute through to uh, to my mobile so I'll get the, the voicemail messages. But um, in terms of uh, my colleague, yeah, she's, she's going to have a couple of weeks off. Uh, so Sharon Carter, same as hello, Sharon. She's been very quiet this morning. Yeah, welcome. Nice to have you on here. Thank you, everyone. David oh. Mintz. Uh, David Mintz is not giving anyone any time off at Christmas because he gave them from March to May off. <laughs> right. So, question if you're watching this, what can you be doing now 
I mean, did it pick up last week? I'm hearing last week was a lot busier than the um, couple of weeks before. How did you find it, Andy and Luke? I booked five appraisals last week, which for a new well start, was, um, you know, I was really pleased with that because obviously we don't have that established brand or that established reputation at the moment. So a lot of it's what we're putting out, the marketing content that uh, Jason, Vicky, are, um, Assad and I are working on at the moment is really, really working. Um, but we, we, you know, it's, it's not as if we're sitting there in the phone's ring and says, hey, can you come and value my house? Everything is, is self-generated off the back of what we're doing. So um, we had a really good week. I've lined two properties up, which um, are hopefully uh, going to be cleared and uh, ready in time for Christmas launch. Um, another positive conversation and an appraisal booked in for Monday. Um, and yeah, just having some really, really good conversations. I think for me, if I'm honest with you, um, there's been a lack of instructions this week um, and looking at the inquiries that are going through online, uh, not just for myself, but obviously with the um, property reports you can run from Rightmove, you can see how your properties are performing against those of your competitors and the average for the area. Um, the properties that we're marketing are two or three times stronger in terms of marketing hits than, than the average for the area. Um, but the inquiry levels in our area have just gone through the floor. So um, I think, you know, being honest with with people possibly turning their attention. And I, I know that you know, I'm putting Facebook on and, and scrolling through Facebook. Everybody's putting the trees up. My kids are at the moment clambering with mum up in the loft to get the tree down. And our tree's going up today. Our tree's never gone up in November. You know, that's one thing we're really, really strict on. Um, so I think it's a really, um, really different year this year um and i think it could be a longer a longer christmas period but then by, by saying that i really do think that people come christmas time if they are thinking of moving or you know the christmas tree and all the decks are in the way and you know we need more space you can start having those conversations i think it could be a really i think it could be a really busy christmas online and certainly new year as well um so i think agents need to be preparing for it do you think people should be doing boxing day launches this year um you know, it's a really tricky one i i think that a lot of people will be home and there will be a captive audience um i don't do, do you think i mean it's second guessing isn't it well let's ask let's, let's ask let's ask the audience what are you doing this year are you having um boxing day campaigns or are you just leaving it or you're going to have a January campaign because January the 11th apparently is the busiest day for for Leeds. What are you going to do? Be interesting to know. Luke, thoughts? Yeah. So um, from what the right what the right move intelligence has said for the past couple of years, they're suggesting early January is the better is the better time to be launching in terms of getting more eyeballs, um, looking at your stock. Um, so, um, but equally. As, as an agent is it are we then getting lazy by not, not knowing our buyers again this is a conversation we had in the week wasn't it Stephen about um do do all do your negotiators know your top five buyers for a terraced house for example or for a detached house for a country home um do they or do they just generally know their top 20 buyers that are ready to to transact transact now I mean Josh Fegan talks about uh, problem timeline and destination um and if you look i think some of those of rap that he had made by some 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 american rapper talking about it but it, it is do, do we actually know the problem that people are trying to solve and by relying too heavily upon boxing day launches or Chris, uh, new year's launches is, is it we're getting even lazier by not knowing our actual core clients that that are looking for that something special that you can get the emotional price then for the vendor let, let me ask you this then, Luke. Do you share the view that launching certainly the first two or three weeks of December is a waste of time because people's attention is preoccupied with Christmas and, and preparation and planning? Or, or do you think that properties should be launched as and when they come to the market structured, obviously with the same routine that you normally operate within the same parameters um, right the way through to December? What 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 what's your gut on that one? Would you be holding off, or or would you be? Um, launching? No, I wouldn't necessarily be holding off as long as it's right for the client. So if the client, so we've had a few people say, look, we don't want any more viewings now. This this side of January, um, that's fine. Well, let, let's just hold off the marketing because no one's going to be someone that's looking now may not necessarily be in the market in January. But 
I, I think the people looking now are more serious than ever. So that concentration of buyers to maybe your tire kickers um, is 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 a lot greater. So th those people walking through the door. Uh, but again, it is just making sure are those people qualified? So are you making sure that those people looking around the vendor's home, maybe putting people at risk by doing viewings? We're making sure we're getting them financially qualified or at least vetted before before they start going out viewing because there was that statistic around what MAB put out and off the top of my head it was something like 40% uh, of people that were getting a mortgage couldn't borrow what they first wanted to and it would turned out less and 20% of people couldn't actually borrow any money from their mortgage lender at all so you've got a big big market there that could potentially be out there looking at homes tying up your resources that and never actually, I mean, Julian talks about um, the two paths, a customer that's either going to earn you some money or a customer that's going to cost you some money. And what path are those customers going to take you down? And you can, you still need to be polite because those customers are ready to transact in the future. So those that can't borrow the money, give them the tips on how they can get, whether it's their credit file, their deposit saved into the right order and keep them educated because they're your tenants and then they're your future sellers or future buyers. And mm -hmm. then also, mortgage lead, solicitor lead, and those that can't um, borrow as much as they wanted, well, what what's going to help them borrow that amount? Or let's find them something that now fits within, within their budget, because they're going to be disappointed that they can't maybe have the house that they set their, their sights on. But let's try and find them equally something else to get excited about. Should I tell you something that really frustrated the, uh, frustrated the hell out of me yesterday or the day before? No. Um, sort of um so so we've, we've taken a property on the market we we had a black book buyer for it they had a sale agreed through um a another agent in the town um and unfortunately that that agent lost um lost the buyer so it went back on the market had a really really excited call um I was driving out to an appraisal on Friday, had a really excited call from 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 um, their vendor, my purchaser. Andy, 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 I've just sold again. It's really good news. Brilliant. Yes, we're under offer. Phone the agent. Just tell me a little bit about the buyer, you know, standard name, address, telephone number, situation, mortgage qualification. Oh, yeah, we haven't seen any of that yet. Protocol documents in terms of GDPR. No, haven't seen that yet. They got a sister instructed. No, haven't seen that yet. We th we think they might use this, and I'm like, look, I've got your client on the phone to me, jumping up and down, saying that they're really excited that they can now buy my property again, and you're pushing me into a position where I've got to phone your client and say, look, I'm terribly sorry, but your agent hasn't done the due diligence checks, and there is absolutely no way I can take the property off the market for you, or accept that this is an offer in place at the moment. Um, isn't it just like hugely different how agents operate, but? But from my point of view, how the hell, how the hell can an agent tell their client they have an offer for them on their property without financially qualifying and going through just the, the, the basic principles of, of basic estate agency? It's not oh, enough, you, is it? You'll love this story then. Okay. <laughs> so guy phones up for a viewing. It's a million pound house. Agent registers him, books him in, okay, and decides to sell him not just that one, but three other, four other million pound houses. So if you think how long it takes to register, how long it goes to take to do a viewing, etc., etc., comes along to a property, guy absolutely loves one of the houses, says, I'll make the asking price off a million pounds. Agent is so excited, he phones up for Vendy, goes, I've got fantastic news for you. So he goes, What's that? I've got the asking price, I've got a million pounds. So the vendor goes, that's great. Tell me about the buyer. Silence. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Well, what's his situation? Has he got a property to sell? Is he cash? He's got a mortgage in principle. Oh. Bye. Puts the phone down. No. Calls the... Um, Calls the agent, calls the calls his mortgage broker and says, "Look, this guy's just made a um, asking price offer um, on the property. Can you financially qualify him just to make sure he can afford to pay it? Guess how much he could afford to pay?" Don't, because this is going to riled me. Um, I don't know, 
nine hundred instead of a million. Two hundred and fifty thousand. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but now actually, Stephen, there's a massive lesson there. Now, if a vendor's expectation is his property's worth a million pounds and he's not going to accept any other offer below a million pounds because somebody else has offered it, yeah, the agent yeah. looks a complete and utter tit. So there's a, there's a lesson there somewhere. But, but, but also, I mean, look, just, just as you say, analyse that a minute. So you've got the registration process. A decent registration is 15 minutes on the phone, okay? Assuming this was in the London market, You've got travel between those three, four million pound houses, which uh, have, having been to London recently for, for, for an extended period of time, I know you can't get anywhere without sitting for it in a taxi for at least fucking 30 minutes. So you're, you're, you're looking, you're probably looking at six hours time plus the follow up, plus the financial advisor for, 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 for a guy that can only afford 25% of what is going up to view, 250 grand. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also the, the story, isn't there, Steve? I think you tell it about, about appearances because someone can have the look and look um look look the deal when it comes to they could be smartly dressed they could have maybe design a designer bag or or what, whatever it is but that doesn't necessarily mean and that that's where it can be deceptive um and i think you had the story about is it bob geldof yeah, yeah. when in went into an office um said i'm looking to buy and and we know what bob geldof sir, sir bob geldof looks like yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So went into an office um, and said, I'm looking to buy two properties for my daughters. I've got a budget of three million pounds because of the way he appeared. They put two fingers up and said, I'm not interested. Goodbye. He then um, bought two properties from an agent across the road. When he completed actually a month or two months later, he walked back into the office. He said, um, I just wanted to let you know. Um, I've just bought two properties um, for my daughters. I, is it Pixie and Peaches um, for three million pounds? And the guy's, um, you know, his face just dropped. Couldn't believe it. It, 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 it probably went into Felicity J. Lord or similar, uh, some kind of corporate agent just to cover ourselves. That's got some 16, 17 year old negotiator completely untrained behind the desk dealing with front end client services. You know, probably didn't even recognize, probably didn't even know who Bob Goldorf was. Well, we yeah, had a really interesting conversation with um, Peter Rawlings this week, um, and he was talking about attention to detail. And he said, "Luke, I'm really sorry, but if you came into his office with your beard, he would send you home." Uh, well, wow. he didn't like brown shoes, did he? Didn't like brown shoes. No. Didn't like um, people with beards. Um, attention have to tattoos people. on show. Tattoos and have tattoos. tattoos. Well, like visible tattoos visible tattoos and no white socks it had to be dark uh, it had to be dark navy or black socks didn't it couldn't couldn't be any you know no no lemon socks with uh, lemon corduroy trousers I, in I his thought it was, i thought it was like dress code now for agents to wear white socks and short trousers <laughs> actually talking of dress code so that's one interesting thing i'd always lived by the um kind of myth that you had to go in with a pressed shirt and a tie you know your kipper tie and um, and such like, but since uh, since, since uh, beginning my new venture, I've got um, a couple of pairs of dark slim thick trousers and jeans, and and brown shoes, and, <laughs> and, and brown shoes, yeah, and, and polo and round necks. And do you know what? The comments I've had back from people have been really, really positive. Um, oh, it's, it's just a refreshing change that I'm not sitting in front of some suit. I'm actually sitting in front of a real person. Um, and it's three people now have said that. So, you know, out of 16 appraisals in the first two, two or three weeks of, of or two and a half weeks to get that level of feedback in that manner, I thought was really, really interesting. So what does that mean, Luke? Everybody coming in with hoodies now? Hoodies. Hoodies, I would I wouldn't go my um LL hoodie. Simon Wales just been sick, Andy and Slim Fit Jeans. I wouldn't go into an appointment in my LL hoodie, obviously, but certainly I don't think as long as you've got smart, dark, you know, they're not G uh, they're not uh, navy jeans or, or stonewash, you know, they're dark black. Um and, and a decent roll neck or a decent V-neck sweater with maybe a shirt or, or, or something underneath it. But um I think gone are the days, aren't they, with press shirts, ties, well, three-piece shoes, shiny shoes. Trade. We all want to dress up as if we're in the milk tray um, advert. This is my running top, by the way. Thank you. So, Sharon, Andy Davis, good morning. Hope you had a good run today. Welcome, O Wise One. 
Sharon Carter, some of the wealthiest people I've dealt with um, are scruffy, learned that from um, my dad, who often looked like a homeless person due to his nature of his work. Yeah, he was very successful and financially secure. There you go. So. Okay. Always been taught that facial hair detracts from the speaker, clean shaven every time, even at Glastonbury. Um, Jim, I'm sorry to say that Luke has been spending far too much time with the Watkinator recently and uh, the beard is rubbing off on him. Yeah, it's part of the, it's part of the, um, when you become Cricket's client, you have to sign up to say you're going to grow facial hair. <laughs> so Sharon, I love my team to be able to show their personality in their dress. So uh, don't ever say that to Whaley. Don't invite to fuffle down. Otherwise you'll have something that looks, uh, who, who was that, uh, uh, um, guy that did the motivation stuff on the tvs in the morning that crazy dark colored mr. mr motivator yeah you'll have so your simon will be down there in his pink kerfuffle lycra jumping around yeah. the front of the office with um, his olympus you're this okay so, simon don't ask me if i went for a run mate the only thing you run simon is a run on don't now, you think look, Simon's picture looks a bit like um, he's been morphed into Jerry Lyons? Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Lycra with more faded gussets. Yes, okay. Right, Simon, uh, just going to time check you. You've got seven minutes to prepare for the um, the after party. Thanks for... Um, Thanks, thanks for destroying the EA podcast and the quality of quality of the show this morning. Sean Adams, never judge a book by its cover, but unfortunately people do. If a great agent turned up really scruffy, some people would be put off. And I, yeah, okay, I take that, you know, Sean, I do take that. But what, what constitutes scruffy? I think that, you know, if you're in a pair of, um, you know, shoe, proper, proper tailored shoes or, or demi boots um, and slim fit trousers and a, you know, clean, um, a sweater top v-neck round neck turtleneck whatever um is somebody going to not instruct you because you're you're wearing that as opposed to a, a collar and tie um i've certainly not found that to be the case in my area but i appreciate all areas are different do you think sean wants to come on to discuss it yeah come on let's get him on sean adams there's a text on its way to you now okay we know that's not happening but let's go yeah. <laughs> let's, let's carry on yeah so Stephen, obviously you you've been busy uh, this week when we spoke um, with with training of clients. Um, what would you suggest has been the common theme as as what agents are bringing up as obstructions or obstacles in their way at the minute? Oh, that's a good question. I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone what I've done this week. <laughs> um, so again, done some lister training this week. Um, one of the things we're talking about on that is um, just asking different sort of questions. So, Luke, if I was walking around um, your house, um, can you tell me what's unique about your property that nobody else can tell me? OK, so that's one question to ask. Another question that started talking about, which I really like, is, Luke, when you bought your property, what did you try and do to get your price down? Okay, because when the buyers start making offers on your property, I want to make sure I have a defense answer to help answer that question. So again, that's a small thing that I like. Um, that's very different um, because obviously our job is to get them the best price. Um, did sales progress and training this week? Oh, yeah, that's going to be a topical subject at this moment with the deadline looming. Yeah, we did. So it's all about, you know, what do you need to do? What are you doing to get your buyer sale ready? What are you doing to get your, sorry, what are you doing to get your buyer's buy ready and your seller's sale ready? Stuff like that. Um, Stephen Hater of My Home Move has put together something that should be on a sales memorandum, which is the most, <laughs> the most amount of stuff I've ever seen in my life, which is most probably too much. But if anybody wants a copy, um, just put yes and I will find it and I will send you. Um, and then you can decide what you think should go on there. But again, there, there's some simple things. And I think we spoke about this last week. So if people are getting a gifted deposit, have we told them where they're getting a gifted deposit from? 
Um, have we seen sight of it? Is their lender aware of it? Um, and stuff like that. But yeah, sales progression is very topical at the moment. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, I mean, you mentioned it's, it's quite a long list. But yeah. ultimately, this is coming from, uh, and I think they probably handle one in four transactions in the UK. Uh, or one in five or whatever the figure is my yeah. and that group the simplified group if, if someone from that group's taking the time to to kind of bottom out what to be included in a memorandum of sale is it not is it not sensible for an agent to actually sit up and think hold on if this is going to make our our job easier and help get deals over the line and risk the chances of things falling through why don't we invest the time in actually doing this to to actually help and like you say gifted deposit how many times does a solicitor find out that a, a day before exchange oh we didn't realize it was a gifted deposit we're now going to do all of that we know it all happens so so I, I don't know why is it why is an industry we just want to send across here's the price here's the buyer here's the vendor get on with it and that's, uh, that's what tell you how, how far, far are this list is I mean, there are so many things on there. It's in, it's incredible. But yeah. actually, what it does do is, you know, at the start, if you can get all the answers to these questions, whether it's from a seller, whether it's from a buyer, it's actually going to save you so much time um, yeah. and effort in the long run. And, and you know, we probably normally do know the answers because yeah. if it's gifted deposit, we should know for money laundering regulations. If we don't know then we're not being compliant with the money laundering regulations. So, uh, and then your agency is at risk anyway, if, if we're not doing that, those bits of information. So we don't take offers, we take purchase applications and there's a, uh, and there's a big difference. So anybody that expresses an interest in a property with ourselves um, will get sent a purchase application form. And all of that information is contained within it. Luke, I know you love your buddy. Um, as much as I'm starting to love Hubble, now that I understand it more, it's a you know, Salesforce property-based platform, um, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so when um, when a client views a property and they're interested in pursuing a purchase application, um, they will be sent the uh, the path from within the system, which is a, an Adobe EchoSign document, and it, it identifies absolutely everything that we need to know to be able to make a crystal clear judgment on the suitability of that buyer, um, including like, you know, if they've got an agent, as is the case uh, yesterday when I was doing the chain check and the day before, um, who the agent was and what the situation was so that we're able then to go in and, 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 and absolutely analyze that further. But yeah, covers everything off that you've just mentioned. Um, and I know obviously it's too soon for me. Um, I think I sold my first house, what, 10 days ago, 12, uh, 14 days ago, two, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, uh, and it's not gone through yet, but I know that in um, the Hackney office, um, the aborted transaction rate is way, 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 way down below um, the the national average. And I think it's, it's something that hovers around about 10 percent just under, um, which is, you know, particularly for the London markets, phenomenal. Um, so all those systems and processes. I'm a Redmond. Redwood, thank you for your lovely compliment about being younger than Andy Overman. Um, will you just put your email address on there, please? Um, so I can get send that to you. That'd be great. Okay, we've done, gents. Yeah. Should we move over, or should we just go two minutes over to piss Whaley and Mince off? Why? What are they doing? <laughs> well, the haven't, they got, haven't they got the after party or something? Yeah. Have they? I don't know. Yeah, this descends into some kind. I think. Um, I think Whaley is that when he starts on the amaretto again at ten a.m. Yeah. Thing is, though, it's a bit like when you're watching one of these programs and the main events on ITV, and they say you've now got to hop over to ITV Two or ITV Three to watch it. <laughs> Very true. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Thank you for all your comments um, today um, and for joining in. Really appreciate it, and look forward to all of you joining us again next Sunday at the same time. So have a good week, everybody. Successful, productive. Andy, Luke, thanks very much for joining today. Good morning, everybody. Have a lovely Sunday. And thanks a lot. Enjoy. Have fun. Bye. 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 Have a great week, guys.